0: Hello, folks. Colin Kelly here from RotoViz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a RotoViz NFL pass right now on the RotoViz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools. All you have to do is add the code 2020RBRadio at checkout or by going to RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can write and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of his overtime with Sean Tegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Joining me this week, uh, the first high-stakes lowdown on uh, RotoViz of the 2020 NFL season after it starts. It's the third-place team owner in the uh, 2020 Football Guys Players Championship, Mr. Chris Birchby. Chris, welcome back to the show, man.
2: Thanks, yeah, great to have me. It's funny hearing, yeah, third place so early, you know, in the season, but I'll I'll take that victory a lot because it's, you know... (laughs) Uh, in, in this season is so different from any other as far as um, the amount of information you know beforehand. So, you know, some are some have been hits, some have been huge misses. It's uh, it's just fun to you know feel like you're in contention on something.
1: Yeah, I always say that too to anybody who's at the top of the leaderboard early in the season. You know, at least you're there. You know, it's and and it's easier to protect that than it is to get up there. Uh, so so congratulations to you. You did a lot of drafts uh, this summer. The the main event, the the FPC. Um I'm just kind of curious, drafting all over the board. did you end up having a favorite spot or a favorite draft slot this season where you felt really dialed in at, at that spot when you're drafting from there? you know i never I never really settled on one spot this
2: year. I think there's I mean there's so many different benefits for all historically. I've always liked the middle rounds and uh, fantasy mojo had something out last year. I remember on Twitter he, He was looking at, I think, winners and maybe it was historical year over year winners. I think there was a higher preponderance of teams coming from the middle spots. And I would, I would argue that that is kind of like the one spot that an experienced drafter, you know, and and by that, I mean, somebody who's paying attention to everything from, you know, ADP to daily news and, you know, can try to just, you know, find the edges in that. You know, you have more stuff that falls in the middle than on the edges. You know, on the edges, you always have to reach a little bit more. And so if you're on a softer draft, which always happens as you get closer to the season, you know, middle's a kind of a prime spot uh, just because you have the opportunity to a- access more value. You know, that said, this year, like, I loved, um, you know, I always felt really comfortable with two RB start teams, although, of course, you know, some teams that started, um with uh you know uh you, two, you get two wide receivers like Parker and, and I think like julio or there was a couple that were you were stacking there that we you know, obviously make really great starts after week one but um uh, first you know starting in the in the beginning or the end of the draft actually felt pretty good too but I guess, you know, I love the middle as well. So it all, it really all depends. You just have to be super flexible. It's like that old Bruce Lee kind of saying, and I'll, I'll totally bastardize it, but I think it's, you know, it's about water it takes the shape of any vessel. You know, so it's your pouring, you know, it's a cup, your a cup, a, a teapot, a teapot, um, a crack, a crack. You know, it just it being able to, you know, find value. And I was saying, you know, there are times when you jump on value, uh, at least like what I, what I like to do is, is stacking. Um, and that's the only time when you start, like, seeing it, the texture of the board develop and realize, you know, opportunities based on ADP, the, where you can kind of um, uh, see things in a couple rounds. Other than that, you know, it's taking whatever the rounds give you.
1: Yeah, and, and too, when you're drafting in the middle, you got value coming to you both ways, you know, it, it, which you don't have on the end. You You sort of have to get your target there, whether it's a reach or not, and then maybe scoop up value with one of the other picks, but you can't, you don't really have the luxury of, of it coming to you either way, which you do in the middle and taking advantage of that. Um, let's I, let's get into um, uh, specifically this draft, this third-place team uh, that, that is sitting near the top of the leaderboard of the FPC. Uh, at the 310, uh, you had Jonathan Taylor at your disposal. Le'Veon Bell was there. James Conner. All popular picks at the end of the third round. Why did you choose David Johnson there? And And I'll preface this by saying, David Johnson impressed a lot of people who uh, did not expect to be impressed by David Johnson in that opening game a- against Kansas City. Why was David Johnson the choice there? What did you see in him?
2: I'll tell you. You know, there's there's a couple things. Um, you know, one relates to the player, and two, actually, the format of the draft. Um, I guess. And, and so the, like, the one, you know, it really like as far as the you look at when you're drafting, at least I do, you, talent and opportunity and is intentional, And in this case, Bill O'Brien is so committed to David Johnson um, after letting, you know, beloved Hopkins go. Yeah, he, will, he will be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's so good. Um, and what he got in return is so ridiculous that uh, um, from a professional keep your job level, he's incentivized to have Hopkins way outperform expectations. Same thing with Cooks and um and have good seasons so you know you just know the opportunity is going to be there and you know johnson obviously he has been great in the past um you know people talk about him being stiff last year i'm not a huge tape guy so i can't speak to that as much but uh you know i will say just like why i love I, I i thought i believe in Gurley a lot more than a lot of other drafters and it's just opportunity um there you know with you know target share and what they gave up for him and you know the fact that there's very little behind them although he'll you know is, is the guy, um, but so yeah, that's 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 kind of why I was more high on David Johnson and had um, higher than kind of average share of him across my teams, um, and uh, you know I, I would also it's that Thursday night game is a free piece in a, a, a large tourna, tour, tournament format for the year, so it, this year especially with. Um, you know, having uh, the Chiefs and the Texans play, you have two good offenses, you know, one the best offense, um, and you have an opportunity to get a free look at how they might perform and or, you know, get injured or, you know, it's just you just don't know. But it is, especially in a year that might be a shortened year, having the opportunity for a free look at their game and play or sit, you know, accordingly. Um, is is so undervalued, and I thought this year especially. And so, you know, whenever I had a deciding factor this year in drafts, um, you know, it, uh, Chiefs and Texans definitely i I jump up a little bit.
1: I, I You know, okay, so let's, let's keep talking about running backs here because I think that, you know, obviously with waivers being processed this week, there's a lot of, you know, running backs out there that, that I think people are, are interested in as far as what they could be. Um, you know, going forward for the rest of the season. And, and we only have one week of information here. We don't know what's real and what's not, but what was real in week one for the Los Angeles Rams backfield was Malcolm Brown. He looked great. Is that performance what we saw there? Is that something that you think is going to continue going forward? Or is it just a matter of time before the cream rises to the top? Cam Akers takes over that backfield, a guy you took at the to 603 in this draft.
2: Yeah, I would always say it's a matter of time until the cream rises for the top, especially a rookie, you know, that has high, you know, draft value in a backfield that seemed wide open. I mean, I loved, um, you know, I was, uh, I love Henderson's college metrics and was very high on him as well. And I had always considered Malcolm Brown, you know, just a guy. And then actually today I saw it on Twitter. Somebody was posting his 2011, you know, out of high school, um, comps. And I didn't realize, you know, at the time he was, cause he went to, he went to Texas where, you know, he, he was like, a Jag plus, it seemed like, but he was, he, he was the, the top five star running back.
1: Chris, did five, I lose you?
2: And, um, you know, there's, it's, you know, is, is he like the, you know, that's a Devontae Parker maybe? Corey Davis this year kind of, you know, late bloomer getting it together. I mean, there was word. I remember like that. I definitely was betting on acres and even Henderson to a degree before the draft. I mean, um, or, you know, before the season started, it, it's a, it's a surprise, but um, yeah, I learned that today on Twitter, I had no idea he was such a stud in high school. He was a five-star running back uh, that the top in his class in 2011 went to Texas, you know, where he was, you know, I, I thought more of just a guy, but, um, you know he's got it in him and obviously Sean McVay keeps on talking about a committee and after that performance I don't see why he wouldn't continue it just because it gives their team you know more stability and continuity and they can keep on working in Akers and Henderson and I just think it's a situation to avoid for all of them at this point nobody's going to be consistent um, until maybe later in the season but even then again you've got two great athletic talents and Malcolm Brown who uh, Twitter told me today is also a great athletic, you know, dude. So who knows? I'm, I'm nervous about the whole bunch.
1: Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's best to avoid. And I, I know some people did that uh, in, in their drafts. They just stayed away from the Rams backfield. I'm sure you did the same in some of your drafts too, where you just, you know, said to heck with it and, and uh, you know, concentrate on different guys uh, for sure. Speaking of team construction, in this uh, draft that – or this league that you're in third place in, in the FPC, you skip tight end until the ninth round, then you went three of them in a row. Jonu Smith, Dallas Goddard, Ian Thomas. How often do you employ that type of strategy in tight end premium leagues like the FFPC main event, like the Football Guys Players Championship where, you you know, you skip out on the elite ones, but then you stack a bunch in the middle?
2: Uh this year worked so good with stacking three in a row. And I was I found myself often going for um uh, Kelsey Kittle Andrews or waiting until you come in with kind of some sort of like um fan. I loved Herndon. I I was I I have uh really overweight in my shares of him and I hope that works out. Again, that's another like you know, opportunity and talent situation. Um and you know he's he's a guy he's a guy uh, that uh, I was definitely bet on a lot more before the, the season. Um, uh, Ebron, yeah, there was a whole I, I stayed away from Hooper, but you know there seemed to be you could get you know three guys. Goddard, um, I, uh, I loved getting him because he's also you know a, a league and or tournament winner. Um, you know if um, Ertz ever went down and uh, the you know uh, the, the, the lack of preseason kept on going forward and it seemed like there. Um, wide receiver core was so decimated that there was just a real, again, opportunity there. And he really showed his talent last year. Um, but it just seemed like there was a great, great place to kind of stack three in a row. And you're really just hoping to get the upside variance that one of them is going to hit. And, um, and you give yourself three good shots of, you know, good offense, good talent, good opportunity and hope you get lucky. And this year I really, in the past, I felt like you'd get by with two tight ends, but given COVID potential, um, issues uh, I, and also just kind of more of not knowing how everyone's going to perform. You really, I, 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 ended up going three tight ends and two quarterbacks where usually I'll just go one quarterback and two tight ends and then just, you know, take extra shots at running back. Um, but this year it, it, you know, it was a little more conservative.
3: Yeah.
1: And I get it. And I think we all kind of adjusted our drafting strategies a little bit in, in this, you know, sort of, you know, novel year for lack of a better term, it's, it's just been crazy. And, and uh, I I think it's, it's going to be fun going forward. I think it's also going to be challenging uh, to to try to win fantasy football leagues this year, which always makes it, in my opinion, uh, more fun. Um, One of the challenges that presented owners uh, was, was trying to, you know, you you always want to get a piece of the elite passing attacks, um, but you also want to get the right pieces. And I feel like in a lot of drafts, Chris, and this has been my experience that, McCole Hardman went several, not just a couple, but several rounds ahead of Sammy Watkins, and then we see on Thursday night, uh, Hardman gets the whatever it was one catch. You saw Demarcus Robinson, quite frankly, involved more in that offense uh, than than Hardman was. But Sammy Watkins, two years in a row, a big season opener for Kansas City. Um, do you think McCole Hardman got overdrafted? Um, you know, after again, only one week of information, but it was pretty significant. Um, and was Watkins letting be? Was he? Slipping too far in drafts uh, in your opinion as far as what you saw with the FFPC.
2: And, and, you know for me it seemed like Hardman I've faded him all summer and then I started convincing myself of his upside the last week <laughs> and it was you know he's kind of he's a handcuff for Tyree kill you can you could talk yourself into and you can talk yourself into I mean he has such speed and separation and you know you can see him being um, you know maybe there's like a 1 A1b that develops. Um, but the thing is, you know, Watkins, he's 26, 27. I mean, he's such a talent and, you know, he's been injured. He has a lot of things against him, but, you know, if he's healthy, they gave him a big contract. He, you know, they, they so the coaches, the coach and the organization invested in him. He's, he, he has the talent. He has the opportunities, the best offense in the league. I mean, it's all there, um, for him to, to be a breakout player and somebody who really kind of can, can finally reach his potential. So, I, I was overweight in, in Watkins and obviously it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt that he was on that Thursday night slate. So again, you get a free look at him, you know, so it was, it was such a great feeling going through and plugging him in because I I didn't have him starting any of my teams, but, you know, plugging in that 21 plus points, um, right into, into your team. Uh, I I probably am about, you know, 35% of my teams. I was able to do that and it was, it was awesome. Um, I think uh, Hardman, I have him on some of my dynasty teams, and uh, I'm hopeful for him for the future. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's tough to see a road after week one for him being of value unless he has an issue.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that too, uh, to, for sure. Um, speaking of, of receivers, 15-10 pick in this draft looked really good and um, in, in his debut with a new team, and he's a guy that I, I for whatever reason, did not get – I got him in like two or three leagues – but the rest of mine, I am Robbie Anderson-less. Uh, you look at the the numbers he put up week one. You think he's a top 35 receiver the rest of the way, or is it still too early to make that call?
2: You know, I, I hated him all draft season. He's another guy on one of my high-stakes dynasty teams. I dropped on waiver wire as week one, you know, embarrassingly enough. I was not high on his placement here, and – um uh, I think I might be I might be wrong but it's it's still early week 1 I totally think the targets are going to balance out a lot more um with uh, DJ Moore and McCaffrey and and so um as much as I, I I like Anderson as a player and I hope that he finds success I just didn't think that was the the right fit for him to be a big fantasy contributor um and I still don't But he might, he might totally prove me wrong. I know Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know what the exact statistics were, but I, you know, it was. I know he was um, above average for deep throws in game one relative to other quarterbacks, which is not how you know his his style has has kind of seemingly dictated in the past. So if he does go downfield more, then obviously uh, Robbie Anderson is going to be a huge value.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He has no question, and and that's I mean something we're going to be watching for that, that that NFC South with New Orleans and Atlanta and Tampa. I think is going to be one of the most fun divisions to watch this year with all the playmakers you have on both offensive sides absolutely. of the ball. Um, a playmaker in his prime, maybe not anymore, was Le'Veon Bell. He's going to miss the next three weeks uh, as he was placed on uh, an injured reserve. Uh, Frank Gore has been announced by Adam Gase as the starter. You think he's a flex play this week um, in FFPC leagues, given that, you know, they still have Kalen they got Kalen Bellage there. They have um, uh, Josh Adams uh, there as well as, as a potential pass catcher. Frank Gore is a flex this week. Yay or nay? What do you say, Chris? Uh,
2: you're answering that and how you, know, how you finish the question there. There's so many other players. I know the Gays came out and said Gore was the starter, but um, even if he truly was the starter, if you knew, if I knew going into the game that he was going to absolutely be the starter, I can't imagine a scenario playing in any of the teams right now at this point in the season. I mean, you hope your team has better options than Frank Gore. Um, I, no. But um, I, all power to Frank Gore for, for being 37 years old and starting from the New York Jets. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that part really is truly awesome. I'm not, you know, maybe he was drafted at, at age 13 and this is how he was able to, to just this, create this hugely successful long career. You talk about Hall of Famers and, and Frank Gore doesn't even think of that because he probably doesn't want to retire for another decade or so. So kudos to him. We'll be excited to see, uh, if he can keep it up with an extended role in, uh, in New York. Well, um, he's speaking of
2: like Ronnie, his son is, um, one of his sons, is in a college, uh, a college.
1: That's college right, running back. <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just hanging on to 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 uh, potentially play on the same team or at least at the same time as his son. If his now his son, I don't think is he wasn't like a blue chip guy, um, if I remember correctly. So I don't know what his NFL future is like, but maybe Gore wants to uh, find out, and and we'll see what happens uh, going forward um injuries you know it wasn't just Le'Veon Bell this week it, it happened in New Orleans too Michael Thomas is uh is going to be out at least for the foreseeable future here uh with uh with New Orleans Triquan Smith is he a sneaky start against the Raiders on Monday Night Football this week or uh, is it is it just too dicey given what we've seen from him so far in his career
2: I mean I've been waiting forever for him to break out again you know uh Talent, opportunity, um, winning offense, you know, it, it, it's um, – I, I hope he does. I hope this is an opportunity for him to break out. Um, it's still – you know, and, and he also provides youth in that offense where it's like, you know, Cook and Sanders, um, you know, outside of running back. And so I, I, I would start him if I had to. Um, and by have to, like, he'd be that, like, final decision. Um, if, if I was on a team, I don't think I, you know, I did put in for waivers for him on a bunch of teams this week. He wasn't my highest priority because I do think that he will be a, you know, two week plug in. And at this point in the season, there's not that much of that, but there is the upside if he is a plug in, and he does pop, well, then he can really start pushing for time, um, uh, opposite from Thomas. And that's where it gets exciting. I just... Um, as much as I I do want to see that, I don't think that that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, no, and I think you know we we've seen we've seen a lot from Triquan Smith uh, so far this season and and um all right not this season but in throughout his career and and I think we've formed opinions about him. We've also seen a lot of Emmanuel Sanders and we know what he's capable of, especially given that he's a veteran. Drew Brees is a veteran. Uh, these guys are going to be professionals about it. It could be Sanders be the the biggest ben- beneficiary of this Thomas uh, absence, or maybe Kamara gets even more involved in the passing game, too. New Orleans is going to be fun to watch against Vegas on Monday night this week. Um, James Conner, uh, when he does come back, if it is this week, I, I don't know if what what's going to happen, but when he does come back, given what Benny Snell did against the Giants on Monday, Chris, do you think that, Connor's going to be close to a 50-50 timeshare in, in Pittsburgh um, because Snell looked really good. And, and you know, one of the things, and you play Dynasty, so you know this, one of the things that that was a knock on Snell was that, you know, he was a big guy, but didn't necessarily have that one cut ability, didn't have that speed. I think he showed some pretty good cutting ability, and he showed some pretty good speed. He looked spry. He looked he looked it's fast, I mean, quite frankly, and I don't know if that that's an indictment of the Giants defense or not, or maybe it's a combination, but Snell looked really good, and, and I wonder what Connor's workload is going to be like when he gets healthy enough to play again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they
2: were, they were the, the coaching staff was really you know, firm that Connor was going to be like, you know, three down back. And that was like, then news was right before the season started. Oh no, he's, he's our guy. And, and first, I mean, you have to root for Connor too, given, you know, what he's overcome and, you know, that, you know, his, his, uh, his preseason back tweet photo that was out there that, yeah, mm-hmm. the dude's obviously in great shape. Um, but I do worry that when he comes back, you know, it, at least he's he's lost a percentage of his share. How big, you know, to be determined. But you have to assume he's lost a percent. And, you know, even if he loses 10%, you know, uh, it, it, does it take him out? I don't think it takes him out. You know, it doesn't take him out of the line, frankly. So, um, but but you know, he's lost something, and I think that they're going to go to slightly more balanced. I mean, it's just not sustainable for any team to really have such a big bell cow. It, you know, it was inevitable, and, and maybe it, Snell just locked up number two.
1: And it always helps too when when your running back looks as good as he did, like Snell, and you get a win. You know, and and I think that plays into coaches' mindsets too when they look at how to distribute touches going forward. Um, by the time everybody's hearing this, Chris, waivers will have processed in, in, in the FFPC. I'm just kind of curious if you had a big name target that, that you tried to place a lot of bids on uh, in your leagues this week, or or favorite target, or maybe a couple of favorite targets of players you're trying to acquire.
2: You know, it really it really wasn't. Maybe Logan Thomas. Um, it, you know, I was I'm really too, I was too late to the game on him, even though I kept on seeing again you know, opportunity opportunity. Um, uh, in that offense, especially, you know, where they've just had nobody, I mean, he's he's a screen, it was a screaming by that I did not invest enough in. And so, um, I, and I, and I had invested a lot in Tyler Eifert, you know, again, I saw him as a guy who has been able, he's performed, they lacked, um, targets and, um, you know, maybe he's healthy and you're just betting on, you know, it's not, it's not even a big bet. It's like, okay, he's healthy, he's going to put together a season. He's a big red zone target, and they, they're lacking targets. Um, and, but after week one, I, I did pivot, and so it will be interesting to see. I was giving him a lot of kind of effort um, uh, for Logan, but I it, it really it was just a lot of cleanup. So it's like, you know, what it was was I decided I, I was cutting ties on somebody like Mimps. Um, uh, you know, there was um, – Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lynn, I'm, I'm totally spacing who, uh, on the, from Raiders to the Dolphins, um, Lynn Bowden. Oh, Lynn Bowden. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I love the upside opportunity. I like, you know, the idea of Wildcat and, you know, but you know, i I've, I've, uh, you know, he's not easy to get in any league, but, um, Leviskat, uh, mm-hmm. on the Jaguars, you know, he's actually that guy. He's, a, he's the receiver who can run and who they had even talked about, the like Wildcat. So, you know, he's somebody who I was trying to, in the very first waivers, he was actually available in a couple teams. And, know yeah, I was willing to go 50% almost of my fab, just, you know, lock him up right now. Who knows what's happening at running back, wide receiver, et cetera, in that offense. He's a huge talent, huge opportunity. Um, they love him. They talked him up as like he would have been a one or two wide receiver for them last year if he came out. And, um, so you just, you just see the path there very clearly to him being an interesting piece, especially by end of season. So, um, yeah, I, you know, for me, it was, um, just, just a lot of cleanup. Uh, I did put in for you know, a bunch of the wide receivers, um, MVS, uh, uh, yeah, just, just a couple of the guys that might gauge that might have some opportunities. But again, it was just trimming the, the slimmest of fat off. Cause I did go in really big last week on James Robinson and I was able to get him in a bunch of, bunch of leagues, including in like four or five of, uh, bigger dynasty leagues where I desperately needed running back. And, um, uh, uh so for me, it, it also, it fab always comes down to balancing home life and fantasy football life. And, you know, some weeks when I have the time to do fab. And I've got guys that I want. I will, I you know, I'll, I'll figure out kind of where the average winning bid will be, and I will go better than that because I don't want to have to come back and do fab next week. <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: It's exactly. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, exactly. I hey, just curiously, what were what what were you bidding on James Robinson last week in in, in the leagues that you want him at? I mean, are we talking like three four hundred dollars? Was it more? Uh, Was four, it less? Yeah, four hundred plus. I was I was okay.
2: 400 minimum I think is where I was coming in for him um, even in the 500s in dynasty.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and and that was one of the names that uh, the the Jaguars front office and coaching staff mentioned after the release of Leonard Fournette and you know why it was um, why it was palatable why they could handle it because the gap between Fournette and Robinson wasn't that big so uh, be interesting to see. What Robinson does the remainder of the season. Chris, I have one final question before I let you go and, and split up your time between hanging out with your family and setting your week, three, week two lineups. Excuse me. Um, a, a sleeper that, that you think needs to be in high stakes lineups for his matchup this week. And then conversely, um, a, a guy that a lot of people are going to start, but probably going to be disappointed with.
2: Um, oh man, I, you know, I'll go with Leviska Schnall just because I had already mentioned him and I'm high on him. Yeah, I I really um I'm excited to see what else he does. You know, they gave him limited touches relative, and he did very well week one, and I just think that's a trend that's going to continue on the upside, um especially you know as they're looking towards the future and a rebuild there. I mean, yeah, see what they have. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, Marquise Brown. I mean, he's not like an underrated guy, but it just as i looked at kind of some predicted point totals for this week i just feel like um whatever metrics people are using are coming in uh, low on him and he was five of six for over 100 yards 100 well, 101 um in week in week 1 uh, and you know healthy um bigger the wide clear wide receiver one on that team that is a, one of the, you know the, the top two offenses <clears throat> I don't see how you can't be um, really enthusiastic about any anybody on that team. You know, even Dobbins and um, Ingram. I think Ingram's in for bounce-back week, and, and Dobbins are actually – you know, I, I've got a lot more Dobbins than Ingram because I was planning for late in the season and the value there when I was drafting. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, I, I just think that, you know, anybody there is exciting. As far as guys that might be a bust – um, not that he's a bust, but Jameson Crowder, again, he's a huge opportunity guy, but he's historically got such a low, like eight dot, and, you know, touchdown. He's, you know, it, 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 he had a you know, long touchdown, and there's got to be regression, and then just that offense sucks. And I, <laughs> I'm investing in bad offenses. And so, you know, somebody from that, and also any of the Buffalo running backs. I mean, I, I have very little – of either of them this year um and uh I I just am trying to stay away on the teams that even I have them I don't even know what I'm doing with them so right now they're, <laughs> they're just sitting on the on my bench in, in almost every league I can
1: it's so funny about the Dobbins thing it's one of the more bittersweet uh, games of uh, you know I've seen uh, in my recent fantasy career you know I own Dobbins in, in several leagues and you know week one everybody's basically healthy nobody's on bye. i, I didn't start him uh, because i had better options and then what does he do go he goes out and gets two touchdowns which is great for you know the future but man it would have been nice to bank those touchdowns in my starting lineup such as life and such as fantasy as we uh we go through this journey each and every year chris you are doing it much better than me right now third place overall in the football guys players championship congratulations on this success that you've had earlier in the season. I'm sure it's going to continue. Good luck in all your leagues uh, the rest of the way, man. Thank you so much for joining me this week, and we will talk to you again soon.
2: Eric, thanks so much for having me. It's always, you know, this is a lot of fun just to um, uh, talk fantasy football and, and you know, escape life and everything else for, you know, this hour or so. So I appreciate the opportunity, as always, um, and look forward to talking to you again. Thank you very much.
1: Awesome, dude. This is perfect. I'm going to mix this down, send these files into RotoViz. Uh, they'll publish it Thursday sometime, probably in the morning, and I'm going to send you a link to it, uh, as soon as it's out there.
2: Thanks so much. Really, uh, you're the man. A lot of fun. I appreciate it. Appreciate everything you guys do.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much. Get back to dino trucks now. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm, I'm actually right back. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. You know, I know you know, you know all that very well. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know how it goes. I, I definitely know how it goes. So, um, I, I will, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I know you got, you got a lot of uh, skin in the game in the main event too. So we'll see, um, we'll see if you climb up the leaderboard there as well. Uh, yeah, it,
0: know, it, I, I
2: have a bunch of teams I feel, I feel good about. Yeah. I went really, I actually, you know, when I look at my ownership percentages, I really shifted and I knew I was doing it, but I wasn't sure how much, um, from, uh, going, um, a really heavy, like, running back wide receiver build to start to in the main events, just, just really leaning into Lamar Jackson a ton. I mean, I have, mm-hmm. uh, I think I have 40 main events and I have him in 35% of them. And oh my goodness. I have a, a ton of, um, you know, him and Andrew Stacks, or I would try to, you know, try to get Marquise Brown, even though it was kind of an odd, Way he'd usually go kind of towards that five, six turn and you had to either grab him early at five or you know, have him fall to you at six or a pair with Dobbins or Ingram and, um, and build and, and Justin Tucker. I have a ton of stacks with Justin Tucker too. And, <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all, that all plays out. That's kind of where I've invested in the heaviest with it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, we'll see. I think I've got a, um, is it a, uh, fourth third and second <laughs> over oh, yeah, in the last like four years um whether three years i had second and fourth last year in the main event and mm-hmm. yep it was like a third or fourth a couple years ago hubbard was right next to me you know maybe he won he, hubbard won it that year that's that's right yeah
1: 2016 he did It yeah. he, him and uh nelson won the main in, in yeah. 2016 i remember that yeah he actually um he and chad schroeder did i mean i think they I think they played a little bit in the main event this year, but they're they obviously did not get as many teams as, as they normally do in it. So it, it's it's it'll be a, a wild, wild west, which is which is the way I know everybody likes it.
2: I, I really don't think it's going to be such a crazy year anymore. As having, You know, obviously everyone thought in the beginning with COVID related, how that's going to affect and. You know, everyone, you know, temperature's right before game, and then all of a sudden you're losing your starting quarterback, and you better have a backup because, you know, otherwise that's 20 points in the drain um, for the season. And, um, you know, it's just it the way things are going as far as how they've been able to test well, which is seemingly impossible. Right? It's great. But um, it seems like it's not going to be as much of an issue. So, I mean, we'll, yeah, we will see how it goes. But, The more and more it's looking normaler and normaler relative to what I thought it would be. And I think everyone.
1: Yeah, it's it's always good too. like when when like the big storylines after the week is not about, oh, my goodness, look at all these COVID positive COVID cases. It's oh, my goodness, how can we it's so weird playing in stadiums with with no fans, you know, which granted is not the most ideal situation for the players but i i I'd take that over a rash of of uh you know positive tests or anything like that. So it's been good so far, and I think that's kind you know I was talking with uh, Dave Gerzak about this too, and he he's kind of thinking the same way as you, he, you know, he's nervous at the start to see how it goes, but as time goes on and and you know we're we're seeing uh, all these um uh, protocols implemented properly it's it's you know they might get through this whole season with you know not maybe not as good as the NBA did, but good enough, you know.
2: Oh, definitely good enough. Uh, you know, at the very least, you know, yeah, I I am a hundred percent positive we're getting six games in, right? You know, which is the minimum for right. You know, yep. To get there. And, you know, which even in the beginning I was like, oh, well, yeah, they, you know, that's not even a question. And uh, you know, I I think ninety five percent they're making it through the entire season. Um, you know, granted, will there be games missed? Maybe, but you know, it's just the game, the season's happening. Postseason's gonna happen. You know, there there will be whole thing and I just I, I think that you know the studs are studs and it's not so much on the waivers so much so yeah I have just been spending it, it part of that really I mean it, it truly I cannot spend the time to manage a hundred teams even though I love <laughs> the software and everything you know right. and, and you know and still um, uh, running our company so and it's like you know all of this time that I'm doing this is just like total um, time suck from something else I can only have so much each week um, with you know two, a two and four year old and you know yeah and, and, and so I I hope that you know and when I do make my waiver bets you know just it's like you just place a bet and like, oh, yeah if I get to this team this week I get to this team and you know it's the best I can do because you just never know.
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the RotoViz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a thirty percent discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, Rotoviz.com/podcast.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?